think a lot of men build something that they don't want, i.e., a life, a career, um, have a job, stick on a, you know, and, and then they're in it because they feel stuck, uh, because it would be a big fucking band aid to rip off if they, you know, left the relationship or left the job or, you know, uh, switch careers or whatever it is. And, and I've done both of those, and it is a big fucking band aid to yeah. rip off. Welcome to the Building Men Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Meralda. Hello and welcome to the Building Men Podcast. Become the strongest version of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. I did a whole hello. <laughs> Wait, no, you sounded like from Seinfeld. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of um, <laughs> Uncle Leo. Hello, yeah. Jerry. Yeah, right? isn't, isn't Uncle? Isn't that how he enters the room, Uncle Leo? He, hello, hello. Right? Doesn't he do that, or he does? I think so. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm lying. Oh, let me. There we go. Guest two. There we go. There What's it up, is, brother. Sorry, I forgot to you hold. Forgot your to hand. hold my hand. I know. There we go. I know. I know. So, I know. Um, we are in studio for the second day in a row. We had, I'll tell you what, like yesterday was a long fucking day. We, mm-hmm. we get to the end of the day because of, I guess, the fluorescent lights. These are fluorescent, right? We get, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. We need some natural vitamin D in our life every, you know, after every episode. We need to take a break outside. I was, I was like, spastic yesterday. Yeah, yeah, man. I felt like, plus I was fasting for, you know, for most of the day yesterday. I did like a 24-hour fast. I was like, I was, it was tough. It was You're tough in the studio oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's why I always feel bad eating in front of you because... <laughs> But I still do. No, it's, it's, I'm on like a detox month Discipline. right now. So I wanted to introduce our audience to Dave Robinson. Dave is a professional story work coach, a holistic trainer, an elite obstacle course racing athlete, and um, gone through the Enlifted program that I'm sure we'll talk about today. And I'll tell you what, he's got a fucking tremendous beard. It's, it's immaculate. God damn. Yeah, Welcome, Dave. How's it going, my man? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, you know what? Doing <laughs> great. I appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, now that you say it that way. Well, that's the stomach one. That's the stomach that's one. That's when the stomach. <laughs> yeah, when it's, and it's growling and it's always hungry. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, dude, you look like um, someone that was like north of the wall in um, Game of Thrones. You know, in, a, in the best like yeah. masculine way possible. Yes. I, uh, I want you on my team if we're fighting against the White Walkers. <laughs> Holy There's shit. some Irish in my blood somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. You could... yeah, I would have never course. guessed. Yeah. It's no, amazing. No right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so thanks for, thanks for joining us today on Building Men. We had an opportunity just to bullshit with you for a couple minutes before um, – before talking and like we mentioned there's not a script with what you're doing we could you could we definitely go off the rails a little bit but we always try to you know figure out um you know how you know everything is coinciding with you know our the way our mind operates the way you know spirituality operates and then recently we've really gotten involved with the words that we're talking to ourselves so we'll just start there with almost like with a layup tell us a little bit about your work with um people around their stories and then we'll 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 go in a couple different directions so how do you how do you define that work when you say you're a story work coach what does that mean so professionally um 90 percent of my time 90% 90% of my practice, 90% of my income, 90% of my efforts go into sitting across from someone else on a Zoom call with a Google Doc, a shared view Google Doc in front of us, and we are working people's stories. We are diving into the shit they say uh, to themselves, about themselves, about other people, about things that they've experienced, about things that they are experiencing, about things that they want to do, about things that hold them back, right? And we shift it. We create space, which creates the clarity. And it's the most profound practice I've ever experienced to really move the needle in a very short period of time. When you say create space, we've had a couple people on over the past you know, month or so. We've heard that term several times, creating space. And for those people that are listening, they might not really understand what does that mean. Like when you say create space, how do you, how would you define that you know term as you're using and creating space for people? There's a lot of ways to do that, right? Um, the main tenet of mindfulness is be here now. This is this is all we have. The present is all we have, right? A lot of times our present is clouded or shrouded 
uh, or fogged by the mind static or the mind trash, just something going on in the head, right? Uh, be it, I mean, there's a, a literally a million things that it could be, right? And when we clear out the energies of a story that we're telling ourselves, of something we're saying, uh, a feeling that we're getting, right? Those stories are manifesting themselves physically in our bodies, physiologically in our bodies, right? Uh, we're either upregulated in a sympathetic nervous system state or we're downregulated in a parasympathetic nervous system state. And there's It oscillates in between, right? Uh, our breath and our words do that. And so clearing space is in essence the ability to move energy, right? Move the energy of, of uh, the stories and be here now, be parasympathetic, be able to respond, be able to be creative, be able to, to you, know, you know, learn, grow, et cetera, right? And if we're just uh, mind trash, mind fucked the whole time, right? It, we aren't able to do any of those things, many of those things well, I should say. It's interesting that you say that. Just recently, I've gone through this experience where I was able to look at look at a story that happened, you know, thirty plus years ago in my life. Um, really write about it. I, wrote, I I journaled about it for hours, and I was like bawling as I was going through this experience, talking about what happened to me, fully like coming to terms with it, understanding it, you know. Um, giving myself an opportunity to be a 12 year old kid again, like almost having a weird conversation with myself and then forgiving those who, um, you know, in the situation that I was really holding resentment towards for such a long time, what happened after I went through that experience is like such a cathartic experience. All of a sudden I started to realize there was like, once I moved, it was like going into a storage spot and taking like a bed out of the way. And I was like, holy shit, there's a lot more boxes back there that I didn't even realize are fucking there. Now I could see them. All of a sudden, I'm like, I feel like it's another Seinfeld thing where where once he was able to kind of get to a point where he became so emotional, he couldn't yeah. be funny anymore because there was so much emotion. It's been so interesting to me to go through that journey where now I see all this shit that I was like just like repressing for such a long time. Do you notice that in your work that once you're able to help people retell their story, once one thing is out of the way, it's like, okay, the floodgates are open and now shit's just going to flow out? A hundred percent accurate. I found that for me personally, the first time, first couple times I went through this, you know, uh, really going through level one, right? They lifted level one program, which is part professional development, a lot personal development. Um, there's a ton of emotion that gets moved, right? And that's going to continue to come out. It's it's not like we get off the Google Doc and we hit end on the Zoom call and it's like, ah, now I'm great. Right. Like sometimes we are, right? Sometimes you know, we need to sit with stuff, right? We, we need to integrate some things. Um, you know, there's something that's been there, energy that's been there, stagnated, uh, festering, you know, uh, gross energy that's been there for 30 plus years that now is up and out. And so there's gonna be something that happens afterwards, right? There's gonna be, you know, a recovery period uh, that, that is, is needed after that. Uh, and what that does is, again, clearing something that's in your face, Right. I can't see what's on my to do list right now, you know, but if I move it away, oh, and I, oh, okay, now I can see what's in front of me. Right. And then, yeah, there's other things to do or other things, other boxes to uncover. Uh, but the big one got out of the way and it's, it's layers. It's just peeling back layers. So not to get too, you know, deep so soon, but I mean, when, when you said that you had a lot of shit that was in your way, um, do you, uh, what was it? Like, what, what were, what was a, a situation that you felt like you were telling yourself a specific story for such a long period of time? And then going through the process of understanding the words that you were using, you were able to shift your mindset in a way like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to rewrite my script in a way where I'm not the victim here. I am more, you know, I'm going to be the hero of this story. So what was something that you had to rewrite in your own script? Great question. That's a deep uh, one. I know it's it's yeah, no doubt. That's good. You felt you heard that 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 yeah, big listen. breath. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'll tell two stories. All right, I'll tell two stories. the The first time I got introduced to this work was I I like I had no idea that it was being done. Let me put it to you this way, and it wasn't story work per se. 
right? So I was introduced to Mark England early 2017 from the same hometown. Mark's the, the founder of Procabulary and Enlifted, uh, about 10 years older than, than I am. And we met at a networking event in town through a, a mutual friend of ours, Brian Muka. And went to lunch a couple times, went and grabbed a beer, you know, once or twice. And, you know, over the next six months got to become, you know, decent friends. And I was sharing with him some things that I was going through, uh, tail end of a five year relationship, wanted to, you know, last two years of that were straight downhill with a lot of unfun stuff going on. Uh, and so I was thinking about transitioning from my eight year financial planning career to get back into the coaching world that weighed heavily on me. Uh, I was, had agreed to not only run a 50 mile ultra marathon when the farthest I had ever run before was 15 miles, uh, but put on a race with a friend of mine, raise money for a child cancer support organization. And I had all these thoughts of what if I hurt myself? What if I, you know, quit at mile 32 because it was too hard and we raised all this money and like, oh, Dave didn't do it, you know, like just all kinds or what if I got hurt, right? Like, like all kinds of stuff, right? Um, he, I'll never forget this, man. It was so funny because it was so nonchalant. He goes, you know what, man? Let's hop on a call. I'll send you a Google document. Just write some shit out and we'll take it from there on me. And I was like, all right, what do I, what do I got to lose, right? What do I got to lose? Uh, and I had heard him talk about language before. So, you know, long story short on this one, after 90 minutes, dudes, I knew I was going to finish the race. I, I had shifted the what if this goes wrong to what if this goes right, and that was, right? Like, yeah. oh, my God, yeah. what if I pull this shit off? Right, That's that would be wild, right? Um, I understood that one of the big fears that I had surrounding leaving my financial planning career was that nobody would buy my product, I would make zero money, and I would be homeless. And it was really that third one that, that very irrational, right? Of being homeless in my hometown with my folks here, my sisters here, my best friends here, et cetera, et cetera. But, but I, I truly thought subconsciously, unconsciously, like that I was going to live under the bridge because it wouldn't work and I would fail, right? And that was holding me back. Right. So I was able to clear that, identify that. And, and it was within like an hour and a half. It's cra right. Crazy. Just just total mind shift, cognitive shift. Right. So fast forward a couple years. Um, I help launch and lifted at Paleo FX as part of the team that, that did that in 2019. Um, that's a, a really big health and wellness event in Austin, Texas. And after that, you know, I, I had intended to stay involved and yet some things were shifting in my personal and professional life. Um, very beginning of 2020, I moved to San Diego and I had intended to be there for about six months. I was there for six weeks because I had a, an opportunity to move to Mexico, uh, the southern tip of the Yucatan Peninsula just north of the Belize border, tiny little town with a, a business partner from a previous business, and we were opening a health and wellness retreat. So gorgeous little spot. I went all in, tons of momentum. I moved there on March 2nd, 2020, and drum roll. <laughs> Timing, right? So I have this dream of mine that I've always had in, in literal paradise, like picking mangoes and bananas off trees and gorgeous blue lagoon. And, you know, like literally exactly everything I'm looking to create and build. I'm, I'm in it. I'm there. I'm doing it. I'm learning Spanish. I'm playing soccer with the kids. I'm eating ice cream every day from the little stand. Like it's fantastic. Crumples in two weeks and a day. And I, you know, a month into, into the COVID situation, I'm in the dumps, man, like just in the depths and darkness of how could this happen to me? Woe is me, victim mentality, right? Uh, got on level one and within five, four or five weeks had again, had a cognitive shift of why is from, why is this happening to me to, you know, I am happening to me Right. And, and I can create whatever I want to create. Saw the shift happen within me, saw the shift happen in my peers, the people on my on my group like instantaneously with some 
you know, really heavy stuff, right? Uh, way heavier than stuff I've been through and made the commitment to go all in. I mean, it, it was just such a, a profound experience to rewrite the story of the failure of that dream or, or um, you know, the, the loss of that dream, right? You know, and from the ashes, the greatest things can be created. And, you know, I, I'm doing what I love to do now. Like, truly, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm, I was created for this. I was born to do this. Um, and I wouldn't have had that experience, right? I'd be, I, I, you know, I'd have a different experience. I'd right. be twice as, three times as tan and yeah. I'd have, <laughs> you know, I'd be fluent in Spanish and probably have six dogs right now and, you know, <laughs> running around eating coconuts and shit, you know, but uh, I'm very happy to be here doing what I'm doing. Right. And you definitely have some kind of like a, like a braided thing coming out of your beard. Something's you know, happening. Would, I'm would, close. Yeah, but close, there would yeah. there would definitely be one. Of if those you were in Mexico, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, you would have yeah. dreadlocks. You'd have beads in your can beard. You, and can you dreadlock beard a beard? Absolutely. You could do that, right? Yeah, you could dreadlock anything if you put your mind to it. <laughs> um, how? What am I? <laughs> yeah, I, I, can you can milk you? me? The amount, you know, it's uh, whatever. So we, good. <laughs> so good. But one of my questions, because I'm just thinking about myself, and I haven't been through the Enlifted program yet. Um, I've went through his procabulary course uh, with Mark England, but it's how often do you find yourself having to kind of go like find yourself going back into that shift, you know, where you start thinking that same way that you were, or is it just like, do you constantly have to keep yourself in check all the time? Like, Oh, like you recognize it. And then the awareness of it, then you have to kind of jump back and go back to this, what you know, you know, and, and catch yourself. Yeah. Um, it depends on what it is. You know, I, I think we're always pulling back layers if we're doing, if we're moving in the right direction, right? If, if you're, you're building yourself or building something of value, then, then you're always learning and you're always going to be moving through things. Um, the brain wants to be on autopilot. It wants to put as many things on autopilot as it possibly can. And so things are just, many things are habits. Many things are just once you shift that, once you change the speech, once you learn to pick up on X, Y, Z, you start to, uh, or I've experienced starting to get ahead of it. Um, yeah. I notice when I use certain language now and I'm to the point where I can sometimes correct it before I say it. Other times I say it and I'll, I'll choose to correct it afterwards if I notice it. Um, that gets easier and easier and easier as time goes on. And for other things, once it's cleared, once that emotion's gone, I mean, there's a saying that I'm not going to get this 100%, but uh, wisdom is experience without the emotion attached to it or, or something along those lines. And so a lot of those stories, in my experience, once they're cleared, they're pretty much gone, um, or at least the emotion that comes along with it. Right. We obviously can't go back in time and change shit that we've been through or experienced. Right. But we can change our perception to that thing now and we can change or alter what happens to us physiologically if we think about that thing. So before when I thought about, you know, um, uh, when I thought about leaving that that relationship or, you know, that conversation that I had, you know, and then walking back down the steps and turning around and like, there's the dog and like, all right, see you all like fuck you know <laughs> like when i thought about that for 18 months i would get the uh, right yep. like the shoulders would come up i'd get the diaphragm hit i'd feel like a, uh, right you know and and i wrote it down i slowed it down i breathed through it i moved that energy and from that point on i could think about that and be like yeah all good so if you're if you're talking to someone who knows they're going to go through a challenging challenging situation, where in the past trauma would have manifested itself, um, or even the story that they told themselves of what was about to happen, it would always be in a specific way. They're going to see a specific person, and, and knowing that that would happen, it's going to trigger. I'm going to feel shit in my chest. I'm going to get sweaty. I'm going to, and it's almost like this self fulfilling prophecy of like you're expecting this physiological event to occur because it has in the past with you and this other person for example if you're coaching me through that say i'm going to see someone tomorrow night and i in my mind i'm already thinking 
there's going to be a negative interaction. This person's going to be a total fucking asshole to me, and I'm going to react in this specific way. How would you coach me through rewriting that preemptively before it actually happens? A couple of different ways you can do this. Um, you know, and, and there might not be a right or wrong answer to this, right? Uh, but a couple of different strategies to use. One is you could write down what you anticipate will happen. Here's how I'm going to feel. Here's what I'm going to, you know, et cetera. Here's what's happened in the past, et cetera, et cetera, right? The other juxtaposed with that, write down the best case scenario. You know, what if you went in and anticipated the exact opposite or, or just came in with that story of the exact opposite? Right. Because the, the energies are going to match, you know, so going into that scenario, knowing for a fact that this person is going to be a dick. Right. You're probably not going to walk in there like, hey, <laughs> yeah. you know, like good vibes, shoulders back, feeling fucking good. Right. Like you're going to walk in there knowing that this you'll be defense mode. You're going to yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. be ready to fucking throw down. hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. So shifting that body. Right. That's a pattern interrupt because I imagine it with experience and with repeated uh, things in the past. Right. Uh, that individual has some idea of how you're going to show up to that situation, too. Right. Or some expectation. Right. And then that brings up that third thing is to pattern interrupt it. Right. In whatever way, shape or form, you know, sometimes that's the, the best thing you can possibly do. If you laugh at the devil, he will run away. Right. Um, it, it, it's pulled out rarely and I, and oftentimes a little bit further along in the process. But there are a lot of ways to do a pattern interrupt. Right. Um, I've had <laughs> I had one where uh, this was kind of early on in my career that opened the eyes for me. Uh, it happened on accident multiple times in a row uh, my client was about to go through a very dramatic you know tell me about the very dramatic thing that she, that happened and we got two or three she got two or three sentences into this two paragraph long thing and my my wi-fi cut out so it was like uh. disconnect right so then we go back on again right and she's she goes okay we're back and it's like yeah yeah sorry about that right and she goes okay so you know i went in thin and he did this and it was such a and it was like click power went out disconnected it happened like three times in a row and she came back on the third time we've been friends for a long time she was laughing her ass off she was like okay okay i get it <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah pattern interrupt baby totally yeah. happened on purpose you know brilliant uh, it, it shifted that for her you know yeah. she was like i'm you know this is ridiculous like I, I i understand the third time i said tried to start off that story that way you know i i'm being you know ridiculous and so that was what she needed to laugh at it as opposed to yep. and so i don't know uh a couple different strategies that may or may yeah. not be helpful yeah um, it's but interesting I, I really like that laugh at the devil he will run away yeah i like that a lot Constantly. too i um we had a um we had a guy on his name was matthew pates and he has an, an unbelievable story um you know abuse that he that he suffered as a as a child um and you know, he went through the process of, of recounting his story to us. And he had this thing that he talked to us about. Um, you remember when he was saying that, like, th this fight or flight mode that we get into, uh, you know, when we're dealing with something challenging. If you walk out into a situation, you're ready to do harm to someone. If you see someone with, you know, that's, that's tensed and, like, they're ready to go, yeah. you avoid that person. Like, you see that. But if you see someone that's, like, jovial and happy you're like you know what that's an easy victim for me it's a very it's a so defense I, you know mechanism. it's it's almost like what you said i i totally understand it but i'm also thinking you so you want to go into that situation to rewrite that pattern interrupt but also at the same time you also have since you've had this trauma in your past with a specific person there still needs to be in my opinion just a little level of not um caught like maybe cautiousness or something where you're just at least aware um, of the potential so i think that that's the 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 beauty in writing both you know saying like okay this could be the worst case scenario this is the best case scenario i i don't want to tell myself this story of this worst case scenario i want it to be the best case scenario but since i've done the, the process of going through both i'm at least aware that this possibility at least exists in my world definitely definitely and and you know there's difference there's a big difference evolutionarily and in the modern world between fear and danger right it's it's good to have eyes up right it's good to be aware of your surroundings yep. it's good to have those boundaries it's good to 
hey, let's, you know, if you're going to come out swinging, I'm going to start a couple steps back, right? It's all good. It's all good, you know, uh, as opposed to coming up, hands up, yeah, yeah. up, like, let's go, right? Um, so, so maybe starting coming up, hands up, you know, a couple steps back, everything's got all, all good. Everything's great, actually, you know, as opposed to like that leads to a different outcome. Yep. And on that fear and danger note, right? Our mind wants to compartmentalize things. Our, our, we would love to, it to be that way. Hey, here's my work stuff. This is my work stress. This is my life stress. This is my life bubble. This is the life or the, the, the personal slice of the pie. This is my physical slice of the pie, right? This is the traffic that I deal with. This is the past stuff that I deal with, right? But it doesn't work like that. Uh, everything works in concert with one another. Everything bleeds into one another. And so that's why when we can clear some a story from the past or clear a story from your spouse, right? Oftentimes you go into work feeling a little bit better, right? When we can clear some stuff at work, it makes the home time a little bit easier, right? Um, our bodies are still going to respond to that stress the same way, whether it's traffic, whether it's work, whether it's physical stress, whether it's relationship stress, whether it's something that happened when you were seven stress and you think about it, yeah. whether it's the saber tooth tiger, right? It's all the same fear response. And so identifying that in yourself, noticing that, oh, wow, I've got some anxiety coming up. Like I notice that because stomach churns, heart rate picks up can't take a deep breath right and you start labeling those things then you can do the opposite of that you can start breathing low and slow you can start repeating a different mantra you can start going into the thing oh okay wow that made me really anxious i wonder i wonder why well it's because and you work through it uh as opposed to ignoring it and just experiencing it so it's almost we are we're no longer thinking about those things happening as slices of pie it's almost like bring it back to seinfeld like soup you know it's everything kind of like it's it's kind of in there together so mulligatani that's right <laughs> right jambalaya <laughs> I would, that's my favorite episode the si the soup, soup nazi. nazis are yeah. by far my favorite episode no, uh, <laughs> come back two weeks um but so i had a quick question like what about do you find with the people that you coach that even though I feel I'm more speaking from experience than anything else, like even though I know I want to get out of a situation, I don't like this talk, this self-talk that I give myself is negative. My body instinctually wants to stay there. Like that's comfort for me. This like negativity that I feel like, let's say like thinking about a past relationship. I hate the way I, it makes me feel terrible, but I know what that is. And I know how comfortable it is to get there. So I resort back to that all the time because the unknown is scarier to me. Do you ever find that people almost want to be in that? And that's why it's hard for them to get out. Definitely. Uh, unknown is, is while it is uncomfortable, it is also familiar, right? And it's, again, it's a big risk evolutionarily to cross over that mountain range to try to find better water. We got some water here. It's kind of cloudy and shitty and we, you know, we're picking berries. We don't have a whole lot of like animals to hunt, but like we're fucking alive, man. We're making it. And we don't know whether like it looks green over there, but it's a long way to go. And what if there's not water and then we're dead? Right. right? Like, that's a real life scenario that, yep. that is being translated a million years later into this relationship potentially right uh hey i got this thing right i at least it's here i know that right you know what if right and so what i really like to do is play best case scenarios again uh you know really look into on one end where you want to go look into that white white spot of the map right and realize that you can fill that shit in Right? You can decide to turn left or turn right or go straight or keep going or go over or under or whatever. And in many ways, you create whatever you want that map to be. Right? And so that's the power of words. That's the power of visualization. That's the power of attention and creation. Right? In order to, to untether yourself, though, um, do a deep analysis of why that thing is uncomfortable to begin with or why that thing is, is not good to begin with. And... You know, what if that continues, right? What's your life going to look like in three years, in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, right? Um, 
contrast that with what it could like if it stopped or if you transitioned or if you took the chance or if you got uncomfortable, you know, what could your life look like then? Which do you like more? Right. You know, yeah. that's an infrared sauna. Uh, I got the ice bath, the ice chest freezer out back uh, as well. And I know that 10 minutes and 38 degrees is going to be really fucking cold. At this point, though, I know that that's all it is. I don't give any more power to the cold than what it what it is. It's just cold. Just like that's hot. Right? That's hot. That's cold. Sad is sad. Happy is happy. Right. Uh, we attach a lot of other things to those experiences or emotions or states of being. And sometimes we don't need to. Sometimes we don't need to. Um, it's like the movie The Crudes. It's a Pixar movie where they they're cavemen and they draw this circle around their their area. It's the fear circle. And everything outside of that is, is an uncomfortable spot. So people stay paralyzed in this spot that is comfortable, but it you know, because they're afraid of what exists on the outside of it. And Brilliant it's analogy. and it's 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 something where I think what happens to, to people in our life, and I'll, I'll slowly transition into just the idea of building men. With men especially, I think what we do is we we get into this, this comfort zone, this safety space, and we're like, okay, we're here now, and, you know, I have my job. You know, maybe I don't like it, but I'm making a certain amount of money. You know, my family looks a certain way to the people on the outside. It's kind of comfortable in that way. Um, I kind of let myself go because, you know, it's more comfortable to sit on the couch and watch for myself, watch the watch the Giants lose every Sunday for how many fucking years. <laughs> and, two Super Bowls in the last, yeah, like, sure. All right. I like, know. You got you to remember <laughs> what we got. Man. All right. Washington sure. football team fans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. I told that to a guy today, and he looked at me dead in the eyes and said, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I want to. I want to hug you. He all really over, meant over, it. Yeah, for the Zoom right. Yeah. right. Oh, and I felt it too. Yeah. And I hugged him. And I was like, "Thank you." Thank you. <laughs> Coming that. from the team that I hate the least of the others in the NFC East. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. Uh, but there's that that spot where we we feel um, complacent in this fear circle because we're afraid to venture out to see what exists on the outside, and it could be something that's that's unhealthy for us or uncomfortable for us. But that. You know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. I'll bring it back to the devil analogy. Why do you think that we stay in that spot for such a long time? Do you think that it's just fear paralyzing us? Do you think it's we need to – you mentioned being homeless. Is it just the 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 absolute worst we go to all the time or is it maybe a combination thereof? It's a combination. You know, we're, we're going to avoid the danger, right? We're trained evolutionarily and trained by society to avoid danger you know and to think about the dangerous thing first right when in reality like you can go to the grand canyon it's just don't go within like three to five to ten feet of the edge you know that's the dangerous part it's not dangerous to go to the grand canyon and like oh well that's you know yeah we're up high yeah that's far but that's not dangerous right you could be fearful of that but it's not dangerous um i think a lot of men build something that they don't want i.e. a life a career um have a job stick on a you know and, and then they're in it because they feel stuck uh because it would be a big fucking band-aid to rip off if they you know left the relationship or left the job or you know w uh, switch careers or whatever it is and, and i've done both of those and it is a big fucking band-aid to yeah. rip off you know uh the all the look i'm a risk taker myself um I tend to think that if someone else can do it, then, you know, I could do it. Uh, and I don't think that I'm in any way, shape or form. You know, I'm not I know that I'm not better than anybody. I just know that if I really love something and I really believe in something, I'm just going to keep going and I just, you know, won't quit and good things happen over time. Right. Um, ultimately, I looked at my life with a relationship that wasn't fulfilling albeit you know with a gorgeous girl living in downtown with the white picket fence and the house and the and the you know dog and everything else right to the outside it looked great so what i was supposed to do it looked great um i looked at the career you know financial planning like things weren't popping a hundred percent but over the next 30 years i like i'd make a lot of money i'd take a lot of time off like it, and i was looking at like a b to like b plus life and that's awesome for a whole lot of people right uh i knew that at the end of the day you know at 80 plus years old i listened to enough 
books and read enough and talked to my grandfather enough and you know uh the things that people regret are staying small not taking the chances not taking the risks settling right um not seeing what would happen if they fucking swung the bat and went all the way you know and and being okay to make the mistakes and so i committed to that i got it to going all the way and that has led me to a lot of strikeouts and a lot of you know i've been hit by pitches you know and and uh and i've banged some out of the park dude like hit some bombs you know and and i'll continue to hit a lot of singles and you know continue to get some walks and some you know some strikeouts and you know but i I love playing the game i love being in the arena and i know at the end of the day regardless of what the score of that game is or you know how many how many days i spent on the dl or however many times i got traded or whatever it is like i'm gonna be happy that i played the game you know and a lot of guys won't play the game as a former baseball player in high school and college, and coach, that definitely resonates with me. It's funny you're as you're talking. I'm I, for some reason I'm just going down this like lines from movies. If you're going to quote Seinfeld, I mean, again, no, like, I was going to do well. Swing away, Merrill from Signs. Oh, yeah, oh my God, what a fucking movie. great movie, yeah, right? It's it's I know oh, every. It's just I just wrote Swing Away, Merrill. The other thing that you said initially. Do you remember the movie The Edge? Of course. Mm. So you said like what. Well, you know what one person can do the line anthony hopkins if you've never seen the movie it is anthony hopkins says to alec baldwin what one man can do another can do and he kept keep saying it what one man can do another can do say it with me because we're gonna kill the fucking bear <laughs> such a great fucking movie it's, it's a big ass bear that's trying to attack. kodiak bear that's that's hunting them down <laughs> you know it's it's roger banister in the four minute mile you know it's 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 limitations are in our mind and in many ways that's you know, the other side of that, like, uh, what's the opposite of a limitation? Limitless, right? Limitlessness is in our mind, right? We can do anything, man. Like, there's no such thing as unrealistic goals or dreams, merely unrealistic timelines. That's a great Tim Ferriss quote that I love, right? I love. No such thing as unrealistic goals or dreams, merely unrealistic timelines, so, you know, and frankly, man, from a building men standpoint, right, y'all, I think a lot of dudes try to set the trajectory at rocket ship. And what happens? Yep. Straight up, straight down. Right. Whereas I've been talking about this for a while. This is how I view training athletically. Right. Um, I want to be able to I want to move, set aside time to better myself physically every single day. Right. And I want to do that for the rest of my life. I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. I want to be able to to express myself physically into my fifties and sixties and seventies and eighties and nineties and hundreds. And, you know, knowing I'm not going to be banging, you know, ultra marathons at age 100, you know, but also if you don't use it, you lose it. AKA if you use it, you keep it. And I intend to keep keeping it, uh, setting that trajectory to an airplane taken off. Right. Then getting up to that cruising altitude. And then it's a whole hell of a lot easier to stay once you're up there as opposed to the rocket ship. I think that's a great cognitive shift for a lot of folks. Uh, It takes a lot of the pressure off and it allows us to chip away at stuff, to chop away at stuff and make progress over time. I think there's a saying, it's like people um, significantly overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, but significantly underestimate what they can accomplish in five. You know, if, if they're just making these steady gains with what they're doing over a period of time, it's like that momentum, you know, starts to take hold of it. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, that's, that's why looking back at, you know, to, uh, to your point with the, the relationship, like looking back at, okay, well, where am I going to be in one year if nothing changes? And it might not be that different. Where am I going to be in five years if nothing changes and I'm still in the same spot? Yeah. Still in the same shitty, shitty, shitty spot, doing the same things, thinking the same way, right? Or worse. That's going to be unbearable. What about 20 years? What about a lifetime of that, right? And then now you're like, oh, shit, okay. But then that sends you down the dark hole. Well, the light hole is, all right, well, if I do change, where am I going to be in a year? Well, it's, maybe it'll still be shitty. Maybe it'll be hard. We'll have some troubles. Five? Oh, dude, I'll be a totally different person. 20, that's a, yep. you're on a different part of the world, you know? So 
thinking in those terms. You you posted on Instagram, um, I think it was February 15th, where you had your five-year anniversary of doing something physical, expressing yourself physically every single day. Um, where did that start? How did you come to that idea? You had mentioned, you know, doing something physically to better yourself every single day or not. What, where did you come up that, with the idea? It was like, I'm going to do this forever? Or is it like, I'm just going to make it to a year, five years? What was your plan there? So... That was in 2016 that I started that. In 2015, uh, I had started to get into Spartan racing, you know, obstacle course racing, and I sucked, dude. I was fat. I was out of shape. I was coming off the couch from for two or three years. Um, coming from an athletic background, this was a, a far cry from where I, you know, my glory days of college three years prior, right? Uh, and I, I wanted to work out every day of 2015. So I got like 73 days in, I got to St. Patrick's Day, and I got drunk on St. Patrick's Day, and I forgot, right? And this is a little bit different time. I'm living a lot differently now than, than I did then, right? Uh, and then I fell off the wagon, right? And and I didn't commit. I didn't have a full, you know, I, I didn't believe I could do it, right? Um, I didn't tell anybody about it. I was doing it, you know, solo. Uh, but I set some goals for myself. Earlier that year, I said, I'm going to qualify for the Obstacle Course Racing World Championships. And that was far, far out. I was no way, shape, or form should be making those goals. But, um, I ended up that following year, the day before my birthday, my birthday is the 16th of February. I decided that I wanted to, again, same thing, work out every day of the 28th year of my life. This time I decided. This time I committed. And it felt different. And once I hit that first 100 days, right, once I got that, that true momentum going, right, uh, you know, I drag myself out of bed a couple times, you know, I'd, I'd lay in bed, I'd scan my day and be like, ah, oh, fuck, I didn't do it. Right. So I get out, you know, and start banging some pushups or something, you know, and like just get something out of the way. Right. Uh, but it got a whole hell of a lot easier. And I ended up changing the definition from working out or exercising to making a concerted effort to set aside time to better myself physically every day. You know, so knowing that rest days are important, knowing that I'm not going to just bang myself into the ground, you know, or hammer myself into the ground over time. Um, you know, my rest days, I'll get in the sauna, right? Or in the, the rest days, I'll, you know, do a vinyasa flow, you know, or take a long walk, right? And I'll call that, oh, cool, check the box, off, off and running. Um, I got to the end of the year and had built up a ton of momentum personally, had built up a ton of momentum professionally. I lost a ton of weight. I got a lot stronger, got a lot faster, got a lot fitter. Races were getting a lot more fun because I was doing a lot better. Right. Uh, and I thought I'd just keep going. And, you know, now it's as simple as I, I move every day, period. You know, and it's that easy. Um, every day I'm going to move somehow, some way. And setting the trajectory to that, I uh, qualified for OCR Worlds in 2018, uh, was injured in 2019, 2020 pandemic. I'm going up to Vermont in two weeks. I'm actually driving through Jersey on Monday the 19th. Maybe I'll. I'll yeah, dude, by. absolutely. Hell yeah, that's yeah, a Sunday. We're off ninety-five. Yeah, that's a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, we yeah. are. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, I am. We can be somewhere off ninety-five. I'll tell you that right I'm now. I'm exit seven off ninety-five. Yeah, literally, like yeah. one mile off of exit seven. We'll do something physically to better ourselves collaboratively, and we'll do like a, a joint uh, Instagram live or something on that day. I, that's I awesome. It. I love. It. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I intend to do this forever and, and I love it. I've been, you know, I've always been active. Um, getting outside means everything to me, you know, putting my feet in the grass and, and being able to run. I've been hurt. I've been injured. I know one day I won't be able to run. I'll get old, you know, and I fucking love just moving, you know, and so I want to just keep doing it. Was there a moment and you said you, you got off off the couch after two years. Was there something that you saw that inspired you? Did you look at yourself in the mirror? I, I know for me, there was a point where I looked I looked at myself and I was like, you fat fuck. Dennis sent me a <laughs> picture of himself, which is like the most unflattering picture. I still have it. And yeah. Him is like yeah. in the bathroom. Just yeah, like. it was front, from the front, from the side. I'm 6'4", and my wheelhouse is like around 222, 225-ish. And I was like 255. It was, it was just a – it was so gooey and like – 
and I remember I was like, I'm looking at this person. I'm like, I was so just disgusted. I'm like, never, ever again. I told Anthony, if I ever get over 230 again, I want you to punch me in the stomach. And like right now, after like a month, I was on vacation. I'm like, I'm like 228. I'm like, I need to fucking get this shit under control because I don't want to get the wind knocked out of me. But was there was there a moment for you, Dave? Was there like where you said, um, you know, I this is it. I'm like, this is my line in the sand. It's either what you saw or what you heard or was there an inspiration? I got professional photos done for my financial planning, you know, like the, the mug shots for your, your social or website picture, yeah. uh, in the, in the tie with the tight, you know, tight, uh, collar and stuff coming up a little bit coming over the collar, like, like a biscuit like busting a, out of the, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a biscuit, <laughs> yeah, it was, it a bagel. I don't know, you know, but it, it was something coming out. Right. Uh, I, and, and actually it's, it's really interesting. I was living w- with, four or five other other buddies of mine uh you know one, one of those types of houses when you're 24 25 right we squatted up and we were all we we're tossing the football one day and i my buddy sean says dude guys come on in right come check this out and he showed one of the early promo videos of a spartan race it looked really cool you know like tossing spears and crawling in mud and running around and you know rah 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 and all of us were like yeah let's do it you know it was in three weeks or something like that no one else did it except me and sean right so so we pretty much off the couch to one of the hardest races that Spartan put on at that time frame, like like a very notorious race, a 10K with, you know, uh, 30 some obstacles, but it's on a ski resort, but in the middle of summer. And so you're going up and down ski mountains. It took me, dude, hours and hours and hours dressed in all cotton, like not knowing anything, like just, just bloody nipples. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Miserable, bro. And, that was that was a big moment for me that was a big moment for me you know because i i hated it and i sucked at it and i did terrible and it was the worst and then when i finished i was like fuck that was kind of cool i wonder if i tried i wonder if i could you know like damn i'm fat that sucked i need to get back into it and what if i tried again you know and so that kind of got the ball rolling a little bit um a little bit you know, and, and, and it, for me, it takes time to get the momentum going. But once that momentum's going, it's going. Uh, so two years later brings me to the streak. And then, you know, now five years later, and we're rock and rolling. That's, I, that's so cool. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking for building men, I would love to even start a challenge up. I mean, I'd, you know, we could maybe do it collaboratively or something. Yeah, even just yeah. post every day, like maybe put in your story, like if you've done something physical today to better yourself, comment or just so there's doing like a level like, of accountability for because it's something that i want to adopt as well it's been i as i went through a journey like a physical journey to to lose it was like 40 something pounds over the course of like four or five months um th- that was just what i was doing I, there was there wasn't a level of higher accountability that i was that i was doing it for so i feel like i, I would love to do that you know, i'm sure and you doing like on. moving with intention that's yeah. what i like yes. what you're talking about where it's like your rest days are with intention so your rest days are get out in nature and walk and see something you've never seen before or you Correct. know do yoga on this day or do some sort of movement acti- whatever it could be and like you said you go into the sauna you'll do you know uh something cold exposure during that time like that is all with intention and it doesn't mean you have to bang weights around every day because you're not going to last very long so i love that kind of mixture of everything together yeah you know the the best ability is availability yeah you know and and uh ultimately i've been hurt in the past i've been hurt a lot you know and and uh, enough to make me not want to be hurt and aka i like being healthy a whole lot whole hell of a lot <laughs> of those yeah. of the races that you've done i mean i've seen yeah. some pictures where you're like walking across like hot coals and you know fucking carry <laughs> what is what is your thing where you're like i can't wait to fucking do that one and what's the thing that you're like oh shit, shit. i have to do this again yeah so um with i, I used to i used to fucking love it dude I, I haven't touched a barbell in two years uh since i, I blew out my back in 2019 really bad and, and i was a, a power lifter competitive power lifter in, in college i uh, was a strength and conditioning coach at the university of richmond for a year so very privy with spiders, all the spiders the spiders right lift. spiders yeah exactly you know uh, you guys the giants had a lot of spiders <laughs> yeah 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 carrie uh, carrie win uh coach carrie win yeah uh, yeah big boy yeah good guy um but 
you know, I, ever since blowing out my back, uh, I haven't haven't gone back to it. I haven't really needed it. That was a big thing for me. It's like letting go of a lot of that stuff, like letting go for the need to put on all that armor. You know, like a lot of that was built 10 years ago out of insecurity and ego and, and you know, trying to earn respect the wrong way. Right. Uh, so I was able to shed a lot of that shit. And now the 450 pound tire flip, I touch it and I do my burpees. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I'd like to get back to the point. I'm I'm planning on getting back to the point, you know, because after this year, I've put so much into my running and into my my like running hills and and assault bike stuff and you know just getting a better engine. That I'm missing that strength pop now. I'm missing that that component. Uh, even bringing it back in with some kettlebells or some you know some single leg stuff. Like I'm gonna get start to get my strength back uh, over this you know next next year frankly and so i'd like to i'd like to start hitting that tire again but over the past dozen or so races that's been the one where if they don't have it my chances are a lot better than if they do have it of you know doing very very well in that race because i know i'm gonna be out 30 burpees or whatever but uh i dude i just love running in the mountains i just love running like running down a ski slope is just so fun because it's it's a full scent and it's just it's a it's you a, can't do it gracefully it was like, yeah it's well it's, it's hard either, at least yeah yeah it's it's one of those things where it's it's i'll try to explain this um i'm so fucking present and i'm thinking so fast that it feels like i'm not thinking right it just my body is just doing shit like my feet is just they're i'm midair Right. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that rock looks unstable. Well, what if I go over there? Well, no, I can't go there. What about this one? Right. And it's like, yeah, I'll step there. And I'm like sort of processing that. But I'm also it's just like happening and it fucking flying. And I know that in any misstep is going to be a yard sale of all my shit. Tumbling, tumbling, and it's going to suck. Uh, and it's it's being present. It's being alive, like, right? like just running down a mountain um, for me. And so. I love that stuff. And I love all the other obstacles. Everything else is fun. Um, it, it's like being a kid again, like playing in the woods, playing in the creek. Like, you know, you're, you're moving rocks. You're, you know, picking this up. You're going up over there. You're, you know, you're doing the monkey bars. Yeah. Right? Like all that stuff. It's just fun. Man. It's good stuff. And when you, you can do it for fun, you can do it and try to be better, you know, it's build yourself. And, and I, I like that aspect of it a lot. I'm going to use that to segue into growing up, right? So one thing that we talk about in building men is what stories do kids need growing up, you know, when when they're starting to create their own identity, like who who they are when they look in the mirror, who they are within their family structure, who they are in their, you know, in their friend group and society, and they're starting to develop this sense of self. I believe that we're missing out on specific rites of passage, for young men to help them develop a sense of self and a, a develop a sense of masculinity. So you just mentioned going back and playing and having fun and fucking, you know, just doing active shit. What are rites of passage that you think kids should be going through, you know, to help them develop that sense of, you know, um, that sense of self, that sense of identity? Certainly spending time in nature, you know, the camping, long physical things, right? Like, like go, go canoe for you know five days and have to carry your shit and pour it over some stuff and like drag the canoe and like get bit by bugs and be hot and sweaty but at the end you're like holy shit that was crazy like i can do hard things you know i think that's very valuable right um i think somebody in that position of not power but somebody in that position of influence you know like like dennis you said you're you're like the 14 years older than than anthony right 14 years older than, than your brother so I was thinking about this. Uh, my sister is due with her first child. Uh, it would be my, my, I've got two younger sisters. Uh, she's doing two weeks. Uh, it's a boy. So I'm going to be uncle Dave for the first time. Really yes. excited. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any kids of my own. So this is, this is a very exciting time for a family and my folks certainly to become grandparents and everything. And I was talking with, with my girlfriend, my partner, Ruslana about this, uh, yesterday and She's like, what are you going to, what are you going to tell him? Like, you know, what do you, what do you want to say to him? And I said, I'm going to wait until he's about nine or 10 or 11 or something. And I'm going to pull him aside and I'm going to, you know, we're going to go do something fucking cool. 
you know, I don't know what that is, where that's going to be in 10 years, but it's going to be cool, you know, and, and I'm going to say to him, listen, man, somebody's got to be a motherfucking badass. And it might as well be you. Right. And just leave it at that. That's it. And, you know, and obviously there's what I love about Angelo Cisco is, is the alpha hippie. It's the strong and kind, right? We can true masculinity is providing a safe container for people to be able to express themselves and being able to express yourself and uh you know also being able to handle your business and realize you can do whatever the fuck you want to do in this world as long as you're not hurting other people and as long as you're you know it's making you happy right? and so giving people the the instilling confidence in kids right <laughs> and letting them know that like they can be what they want to be like they don't have to listen like you know maybe encouraging more good pirates as opposed to you know more sailors type type thing you know um i don't know that's the rebel in me wanting yeah. to, to be a little bit you know uh send people down a path that might not be the most the most uh, cut and dry but also could be very rewarding and fun you, you got to jump on uh the mike bledsoe write a passage trip because we we had him on and he was telling us about what he would do with his sons when he eventually has sons, it's no, it's illegal in fifty states. Yeah. What he wants Ayahuasca to do at or something. Absolutely, yeah. You nailed Hunt it twice. I, yeah, two times. Yeah. Post yeah. pre hunting, post hunting, ayahuasca trip. Kill your first deer and yep. then liquid. Yep. And and then you vomit eat, for eat the heart. Yeah. I was, yeah. There's gonna be some Khal Drogo shit going on there too. Without a doubt. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, now, smoking DMT, you know, maybe the maybe the way to go. Maybe but, that's yeah. it. Who knows? I the, what you're what you're doing with your work, um, the building men, like the 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 way that we talk about it. It's like mental, spiritual, physical, emotional. I know that could be cliche in certain aspects, but we truly believe that everything works synergistically together. And if you're not taking care of one of those points, it's definitely like a weak link in your chain of like of strength or your or your building blocks in in your life. And what I've heard from you so clearly is that you you're taking care of all of those things simultaneously like you're so aware of how your physical well-being impacts you and the way you're showing up emotionally for people you have the spiritual sense and then also the mental aspect and being cognizant of the stories you're telling yourself the stories you're putting out there in the world and then what you believe about a situation and everything is working so synergistically together i'm i mean i feel honored to have spent the last hour getting to know you because i truly believe in everything that you're doing and you know, not to disparage any of the other guests, but you have you have it together in such a perfect way. I would say, just I I've, I feel truly honored to have had the opportunity to to meet you, to have learned from you during the last hour or so as well. I appreciate your you and your kind words, and and both of you guys very much. Uh, you know, not only for the platform and for the conversation and 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 the the, the giggles and the laughs, oh, yeah, but also that's what we do. Uh, you know, yeah, also being able to to you know share this because while we have all of us have this in us i was not always this way in any way shape or form and i also know i've got a long ass way to go and, and that's fucking exciting y'all it's exciting to climb mountains yep and you finish climbing this one you get to climb other ones you know <laughs> so and going on this unlifted journey like truly understanding the, the words that we're using we'll we'll have a part two of this as well after we've had an opportunity once we to do our program that. and then i'm sure our conversation is going to be a little different after that so anthony 100%. any final words um, no, I, so one thing I did want to say though, is that I did a Spartan race, but so I was a strength and conditioning coach and like, so I went in with a group of the people that I was there, um, who I coached alongside with and we got wasted the night before. Right. So I, cause I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. Like we're, we've been doing, we've been lifting all of our life. We'll be fine. I'm in good shape. I show up to again, a mountain. Right. And the first thing we have to do is just hike up the entire mountain. I'm green. I can't, I'm vomiting on the side. There's, there's old ladies passing me. Like, I'm like, I'm going to die doing this. And it was the most humbling experience I've ever had. And I have a whole new respect for that, those races. I need to do another one again. Maybe don't drink the night before, but, uh, yeah, that was, I just, I was thinking back when you were telling me like going downhill and stuff and like doing all those obstacles. I just remember feeling like (laughs) 
that was that was one of the harder things that I've done, and I didn't help myself by <laughs> by having. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and you know, you you learned from it certainly. Yeah. Was that tri Was that Tri State? Uh, like was that like Kings Mountain or something? It was at Blue Mountain. It was. Uh, oh, okay. And that was so. Nice. It was, I went to Pets or is yeah. That's in PA Poconos. I was in the Poconos um, when nice. I did that one. So. At Palmerton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> brutal. Oh, yeah. The double sandbag carry up that black diamond is is like I've seen grown men literally crying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Doubt. It was great. No doubt. Wonderful experience. Um, but but everybody definitely... do Spartan races. Yeah. 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 yeah let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't drink the this, night before. Yeah, and... Spartan's gonna hit us up. Be like, guys, you can't come talk. On. Yeah, Jesus, come on. Yeah. Come on. Well, we're you know, but um, yeah, I'm excited to see you because I really hopefully we could. Uh, link up when you're around yeah, that would be awesome 100%. yeah i think that would be great so dave tell us uh tell the audience how we could get in touch with you i can follow along on your journey cool uh you can find me on instagram at get strapped stay strapped uh you can find my website at workyourstories.com workyourstories.com um, i've also got a men's mentorship program launching this fall which is really really exciting it's called the art of human flourishing uh and that's a a monthly mentorship uh, I piloted that over the first nine months of the year with a couple of my clients, and it's just gone fantastic. So I'm going to open that up uh, a little bit, a lot more, uh, you know, October, November-ish. So I'm looking forward to to chatting further about all that stuff with anyone who, you know, would uh, would like to do so. Awesome. That's nice. tremendous. Uh, before we get off, I, I need to say it was the episode where Uncle Leo stole the book. Do you remember? Stole. He stole. Um, he stole the book in the bookstore, and Jerry said, "Swarm, swarm." Oh, oh, and then oh. he was having the moment where he's like, "Shit, I just dimed out my uncle," and he's picturing Uncle Leo in jail, and he's doing pull-ups, and it says, "Hello, Jerry," on his knuckles. Oh yeah. And he's like, "Jerry, <laughs> hello," as he's doing the pull-ups. <laughs> I knew I would get there eventually. I I, I'm a Seinfeld guy. Um, oh, that's great. So I appreciate the the space to be able to like deal with the shit that's going on in my head. It's like monkeys. He's like, on the you know, spectrum somewhere. Like, yeah. Write that shit down, man. Write that shit down. Absolutely. So Building Men, uh, you can find us at building.men on Instagram. Uh, email us, buildingmencoach at gmail.com. You can follow along on all of the podcast channels and on YouTube. Go a step further than you thought you could go today. Dave Robinson, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We'll see you next time on Building Men. <laughs> Thank you.